0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 78 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I
1: am Jacob Miracle. Good morning, Jacob. Hey, how's it going? I'm just <laughs> chuckling away this morning.
0: <laughs> no, you made me chuckle.
1: Well, making you chuckle makes me chuckle, so we're just a regular chuckle fest up in <laughs> this room right now. It's
0: also, we will um, state that for some reason... The library has not turned their lights on yet, they so have not we are recording. In
1: a sitting dark here in the dark room. via cell phone light. Just it's really, plugging away.
0: It's kind of weird. Um, hopefully, don't, um, don't
1: expect a lot of good <laughs> notes coming off of this show. <laughs> no, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit on the, uh, you know.
0: I can't see anything. This is. This will just be <laughs> top of our head information here. Um, okay, but we'll kind of get right into it because there's a lot to talk about. I know we both went and saw as huge. Tarantino fans once upon a time in Hollywood
1: oh boy boy did we go see it
0: boy did we see it we saw it with our eyes it's a thing that we were (laughs) there for two and a half hours um maybe I think it was actually 245 don't cut those 15 don't cut those 15 minutes so
1: it's the best 15 minutes
0: yeah, that's actually probably true. <laughs> um, so we're gonna talk about the movie. I'm gonna describe it a little bit if you're not familiar. If you're debating seeing it, and then we can talk about how we feel. All right. Not that our are our feelings even valid, Jacob. They are know.
1: always valid. We, okay. I like to think that we shepherd people to the good stuff. <laughs> so, that's okay. well, that's kind of our role here. So is
0: that your role? Well, Let's get real. It's more like yours. <laughs> mine, mine is
1: usually hot garbage. <laughs> yeah. My suggestions out here. You're here to direct with the good stuff I'm here for the
0: Well let's let's get into possible good stuff We'll see Quentin Tarantino's ninth feature film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Um, If the title sounds kind of familiar It's meant to kind of recall the Sergio Leone Masterpiece Once Upon a Time in the West Sure Um, A nod to the western genre influence On uh, this film I'd say both structurally And in the actual plot Um, And the way that old movies about the Old West kind of play with actual history. So that's a very, very Tarantino thing. So the story takes place in Los Angeles. It's 1969. It is the height of hippie Hollywood. And the two lead characters are Rick Dalton. Played amazingly by Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, fabulous! So good.
1: Fab, uh, he's never not good. It's
0: true. And then, uh, who's former a former star of a Western TV series? And then his longtime stunt double is Cliff Booth, played by Brad Pitt,
1: aka a human's catcher's mitt. Boy, does that dude have a leathery face at this point. Like he's yeah. like le- Robert Redford 20 years ago is basically what Brad Pitt is now.
0: You're very hurtful. He's still hot. Um, but they're both struggling to make it in a Hollywood that they don't recognize anymore. And then we have Rick's very famous neighbors, which are Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate, played by Margot Robbie.
1: And yeah, I didn't know. I thought the guy was going to be somebody famous. He probably is, but I don't really recognize. They
0: him. had this such such small Small oh, parts. In always the good
1: to see Margot Robbie pop up and stuff.
0: Oh, that's right. You always say Robie and I say Robbie. It has two B's, Robie, doesn't Robbie. it? Robbie,
1: yeah, Robbie. Well, she's Australian. so Oh,
0: that, so it changes everything? That's
1: right. There's got to throw a little bit Margot Robbie. <laughs> got Maybe it. See how much better <laughs> that it. sounds.
0: It sounded good. So, all right. We'll start with Tarantino's. I think his objectives in the film are, are, are kind of clear. He's celebrating the city of Los Angeles. Sure. Um, and an era of filmmaking that has kind of gone by. Um... The movie, like any of his, like, really, like all of his stuff, good or otherwise, it kind of drips in style and detail. He does a really good job recreating the golden age of Hollywood, and the film is really driven by nostalgia.
1: Oh, absolutely. He definitely definitely gets the feel right, and it definitely has a cool vibe for Pretty much the entirety of the movie. I'll give it that much.
0: Absolutely. Like the the old cars, the scenes of the streets, like things that he always excels in of cars driving always look really, really good. I feel like he, you know, it's set in a time when the studios were in financial crisis um, because of the changing times. You kind of feel that in there. And then, of course, this is the time of the Manson family killings of Sharon Tate and the four others at her house. So, you know, this is really the the setting that we get here and that's done really really well.
1: Oh yes. You were you're
0: in the moment. Um, it's been called his most personal film. I don't really know why uh, or why. what that means. I've been trying to dissect that. So for me, let's now we'll talk about it. I will say this was a solidly crafted film where I was entertained, but something was just really lacking for me
1: yeah i feel the same way like i whole time i'm watching it, i'm like i am enjoying this movie i suppose this movie is extremely well acted but i don't understand why tarantino decided to make this movie and a whole plot of the movie didn't need to really be in there they could have just made the same movie without it it would have been it was just
0: lacking like the crackling dialogue of like all of his earlier films like i was thinking definitely of like inglorious bastards a lot of a scene where Christoph Waltz is sitting at a table and it's just dialogue for so long with nothing happening and you're really just like riveted to it, right? And I there wasn't there wasn't really a lot of that. I mean, there was
1: the closest we got was with uh, DiCaprio and that little girl while he's on the set of the uh, one of the TV shows that he's doing. Yeah, I felt like that was about as close. To a walk, to a talky kind of thing they got, but not really. It's like that. he did
0: the opposite where when Brad and Leo's character were together driving, instead of the kind of snappy back and forth, I think he was showing like they're so comfortable with each other. They didn't really need to talk a lot. Oh, sure. But then I was kind yeah. of missing it.
1: As a guy, I can tell you that is realistic. Guys do not talk with <laughs> a car. It's like sports. Yeah. How's your day? Good. Okay. All right. Let's let's get there.
0: Everything about you is weird. Um. So. What I felt in this film is that Tarantino probably loved it because it had all of his favorite things, like he created fake movies with fake movie posters. Which were and, pretty great. Like yeah, it. and fake dialogue. There was a lot of clips of fake movies and fake TV shows, which is fun, but I'm like, you're it doesn't really progress the film in any way.
1: No, but I actually, and that's one of the things I did really enjoy about this movie. Like I did like all the little clips. I felt like it increased the vibe. I just liked how, you know, kind of crumbly they were acted, but also good acted at the same time. It's a weird... It's yeah, Leo still
0: nailed it. That scene where he's having, like, a breakdown about his performance is so good. Leonardo oh, yeah. DiCaprio is so good.
1: Like, he had, like, the mild stutter when he's not, like, in front of the, ca- yes. the camera. And then he, when he was in front of it, he didn't have it at all. It was, like, a nice little character choice for him to do that. Yeah,
0: and that scene where Cliff Booth has to fix the antenna and the way that he, like... Parkour is up the wall. Where you're like, I loved that scene because he was like stuntman. Um, so what's our problem with it? It's why tr- don't we love it? Like I have seen Tarantino's films. They're definitely movies you can watch over and over. Like I've seen Kill Bill, Pulp Fiction, so many times.
1: And I could see this one being better. Like the more times you watch maybe, it, maybe because for vibe. me,
0: I was like, I don't really see myself revisiting.
1: Well, I, you know what? It's like. Uh, I gotta say, it's probably the Sharon Tate stuff. I don't understand why that's in this movie. It doesn't need to be there. You could be, (laughs) you could have no name uh, director, no name actress, same vibe. You just don't have to move it into like. um, But that was such a big deal
0: at that time period. Like, I think because they're showing how Hollywood's changing, and like, it's always felt that after the Tate murder, like everything about Hollywood changed. Like everything felt different. It was the end of the sixties. It was the end of the hippie movement, and things got really serious. But I, I mean, the thing with that movie was I felt like, oh, if I saw the, tra- I could have watched the trailer and then sat down for the last half hour of movie mm. and probably yeah. gotten a similar thing out of it.
1: You would have been perfectly fine. You just do like the first scene with them driving, you cut to after they come back, and then. Yeah, the which last we don't want to get
0: to the ending, like, no spoilers. But oh, it's oh, very, we're def- It's very yeah. Quentin. Um, there and there's just, some good stuff. That was a crowd
1: pleaser ending, let me tell you that. It was that a, cra- a
0: crowd pleaser ending. Um so. Lena Dunham pops up in this film So that Does
1: she really? That personally
0: offended me Who I can't is see.
1: Lena Dunham in that movie?
0: She is on um, At the ranch She was the one in the white dress That was kind of like One of the leaders Was that really her? Yeah oh. I don't like her Hmm
1: Shows that's Josie, much charisma she irrelevant. has. I didn't even recognize her in the entire um, time.
0: So yeah, so for me this was like a three and a half out of five star. Yeah, I'd say that's. I really that's wanted good. a little more than that.
1: It's extremely well acted by all the leads, so that's, no, that's ar- no sure. arguments there. But just the overall movie, you're just kind of like sitting there at big, especially in the beginning, just kind of like on the verge of being bored. And then just be like, well, something happened. This was a Tarantino movie and, and somebody's this, supposed to get violent at some point.
0: And this might not be everyone's feelings because I've read things like this is people's favorite Tarantino film and this and that. So I, I would say for everyone, it's worth checking out. Um, either you will love it or you might be like us. I don't think there's anything that you'll hate.
1: Yeah, this isn't like it. this isn't like the hateful eight where you're gonna like walk out of there and be like I hated so much about that movie that I don't even understand why I had to watch it.
0: But, yeah, you know, but it's also not Pulp Fiction where you're like
1: yeah, there's not you're not gonna be. I was stuff. glued
0: to the yes, exactly. So
1: you know, okay. it's a solid three to five. Get out there and check it out, everybody.
0: Jacob says it. You know we're going to do it. Of course. Um, But that film kind of made us think about other films that are either about old Hollywood or just Hollywood in general. They love making movies.
1: There's nothing Hollywood likes better (laughs) than making (laughs) movies about Hollywood. Yeah, It's the easiest way to get an Oscar nomination.
0: It's true. But there is some really good stuff out there, so we thought we would talk about that today. Um, So I'm going to start off with, the best and most classic Hollywood film of all time
1: how much will it be I warn you don't give me a fancy price just because I'm rich lady you got the wrong man I had some trouble with my car flat tire I pulled into your garage until I could get a spare I thought this was an empty house it is not get out I'm sorry I'm sorry you lost your friend And I don't think red is the right color. Wait a minute, haven't I seen you before? I know your face. Get out, or shall I call my servant? You're Norma Desmond. Used to be in silent pictures, used to be big. I am big. It's the pictures
0: that got small. So, 1950s Sunset Boulevard, directed by Billy Wilder.
1: Oh, man, there's a movie. I haven't seen it forever, but, man, what a good
0: movie that is. It sticks with you, I'd say, forever. So, um, for any that don't know, it is an aging silent film queen. Norma Desmond, who you heard in the clip, played spectacularly by Gloria Swanson and she refuses to accept that her stardom has ended. So she hires a young screenwriter played by William Holden to help set up her movie comeback. Um, The screenwriter believes that he can kind of manipulate her but he soon finds out that he is wrong. Um, And just kind of his ambivalence about the relationship and her unwillingness to let go leads to a situation of violence and madness and death. Um,
1: I mean, what a, pr- like, just that lead performance. Just talk about going for it. <laughs> yeah. Like just f- all the way in on just the over-the-top voice and over-the-top but it's, persona. But it's, but it's so good. Yeah,
0: it hits you. And, I mean, Hollywood history at that time was only a few <laughs> decades old, but he, Wilder really steeps, um, the film in it Like shooting the hills And the backlots And the homes of the movie business um, yeah, this is Like, like really pe- it had never been done before
1: Yeah it's like right at the beginning Of the studio system That would dominate Hollywood For the next like 30 years so.
0: Oh absolutely And he had like these incredible cameos Like Cecil B. DeMille And Buster Keaton But like I said Swanson I mean she towers above everybody Taking a character mm. That she kind of had plenty In common with at that point And turning her into something um, closer to like a giant movie monster
1: and an icon too because that's one of those things like every year at the Oscars you can guarantee that a Sunset Boulevard clip is going to show up in some kind of montage. Yeah. Ar-
0: it's arguably arguably the greatest movie about Hollywood but surprisingly it became the second film ever with nominations for the Oscar in every acting category not to win a single one really yeah Oh, I think she won the Golden Globe, but she did not win the Oscar.
1: Oh, so. that's weird. Like That's got to really hurt. How do you – I want. I might have to look that up later about what the other one was. Like you get all these nominations, and you get walk away with nothing. Yeah. That is – oh. It feels, that feels – it's stinks. happened
0: since for sure, but that feels kind of rough. It's like so. it's, an,
1: it's American hustle syndrome. They just kind of give yeah. you a bunch of nominations, and they're not going to give you a single
0: one. But that is a classic. If you haven't seen it, if you think it's old-fashioned and you won't like it, you are wrong. You will. It's a powerhouse. <laughs> Check it out. Old Hollywood at its finest.
1: So I like what you put. I like what you did there. You went old school. I'm going to go a little newer old school. for Newer old school. Newer (laughs) old school. The movie's still 25 years old or whatever it is. okay. So the next one I'm going to go with is 1994's or 1995's Get Shorty. The John Travolta. Oh, yeah. I loved Get Shorty. John Travolta vehicles about the Elmore Leonard book. Oh, what a fun movie this is. Yeah. Since been made into a completely low-rated TV show on epics because really who has epics? But, you know... Burn,
0: sick, epics burn.
1: <laughs> the, all three of the people over there are going to be real upset when they hear that. God. So, the movie is about uh, John Travolta plays Chili Palmer. Great, great uh-huh. name. Uh-huh. Uh, who's like a uh, a Shylock for the Miami Mafia. In case you don't know, that's a person that collects money that's owed and stuff like that. Okay. So, his boss dies of a heart attack and he gets a chance to go out to Hollywood to kind of collect some extra money that was owed to him because his new boss is Dennis Farina and not exactly a very fun guy. So when he gets out to LA, he finds that he really wants to get in pictures because he really likes movies, and he finds out that the two worlds are actually very much alike being in the mafia and trying to make movies. So he kind of like worms his way into kind of being like a heavy for a low-level director, but... Kind of like through manipulations and stuff, he ends up like getting in touch with the top star in Hollywood, starts breaking into making movies, um, and then he starts like putting his mafia background to work in (laughs) dealing with some guys who think they're tough guys, but find out that maybe not so much. They're movie tough guys. Yeah, yeah. they're they're movie tough guys. Maybe not so much when they're facing actual mafia. I haven't
0: seen it in so long. I'm glad that you brought it up because that deserves a revisit.
1: Oh, it's so good. Directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, you know, last seen doing movies for HBO that nobody watches.
0: You're just I'm you're gonna, harsh today. I don't
1: know. I was gonna say something nice about Gene Hackman, but you ruined the mood. <laughs> Gene Hackman's <laughs> also in this movie. <laughs> Rene Russo, Never. Delroy Lindo, James Gandolfini, <laughs> and of course, all four foot ten inches of Danny DeVito pops up, stealing every scene that he's in. What? As he what? Does. Who
0: else do you need to be in a movie to want to see it? People. I mean, really, that's it, perfection. It, come,
1: ch- come check out the book too. It's a crime, a little crime drama. They had a sequel that you know you could probably skip over you don't need to go watch you don't need to watch Be Cool but check out Get Shorty check them out people
0: check it out check it out Um, okay so now let's move on to just where it gets weird Um, but really fits into this category 2001 Mulholland Drive
1: oh boy David Lynch
0: this is a film that contains multitudes people Um, it's definitely a delve into David Lynch's mind Mm. which is that's a scary thing it has like a dream like Fantasia sort of element to it it's a deceptively moving story of romance and broken hearts, and all in all it's just kind of terrifying because <laughs> you're like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. I would
1: expect no less from a David Lynch movie.
0: Absolutely. So, okay, there's a dark-haired woman, um, and she is left amnesiac after – is that how you say it? Like, amnesiac, is that is that yeah. how you describe it? You're left amnesiac? Yeah,
1: Sure. Thanks, Jacob. I don't really know the other Um, way to say it. Like, you you just got some amnesia? That's what I'm thinking.
0: I don't know either. Anyway, after a car crash. So she wanders the streets of L.A. in a daze before taking refuge in an apartment. And there she is discovered by Betty, who is played by Naomi Watts. Really good performance. Who is a wholesome Midwestern blonde who's come to the city of angels seeking fame as an actress. And then together, the two attempt to solve the mystery of Rita's true identity because, you know, she doesn't remember who she is. Of course not. So the story is set in a dreamlike Los Angeles, like very clean and there's never traffic. So there, you know, you're kind of like, what gives with it? It's a twisty neo-noir with a very unconventional structure but literally the performance by Watts is mesmerizing.
1: Oh, she's fabulous in this she's movie. She's fabulous. Completely launched her career which is still going strong to this day.
0: Absolutely. But the film itself it's hard to just be like it's great because it's a it's a total puzzle. You know, but with that being said, the less sense that it makes, the more you can't stop watching it.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's basically is a David Lynch trope at this point. Like, he, this is the kind of movies he makes where they're fascinating to watch. You don't really always know what's going on in the movie. And it's yes. always got this weird ethereal quality to it. Yes. Where you don't know why you want to keep watching it, but you just get sucked in the longer longer that it goes.
0: I would say that if you require logic in your films, see something else. Yeah,
1: this is not the movie. This is not
0: the one for you, but if you like that idea and again you want to kind of see Hollywood, this is a really good film for it. And it's and it's totally different, which is nice.
1: Oh, it's such a good movie. I haven't seen it in forever. I kinda actually want to go back to you. I actually it. do
0: because when I first saw it, I remember I kinda I liked it, but the ending, I was like, what? I don't understand one thing that happened in this ending. I
1: feel like I'll be better equipped to deal with like ambiguous-ish endings nowadays. I believe
0: that to be true. Same thing. So that's a good one. Check it out. What do you have?
1: I'm going to go with one that's probably a little bit more like Hollywood these days. In reality, I'm going to go with 2008's Tropic Thunder, (laughs) directed by Ben Stiller. (sighs) This movie, I went to go see it in theaters. This is one of the rare times where I can now remember a crowd like not laughing for more than like a I can't man.
0: remember how I felt about that movie. Oh,
1: I love this movie so much! Like ever from the fake trailers at the beginning of the movie, the entire crowd was just The going Tom wild. Cruise
0: stuff. I love very much.
1: Oh, the Tom Cruise stuff is great. That this
0: whole is, scene, that's great.
1: He, people might not remember because Tom Cruise is back to being Tom Cruise. But like when this movie came out, he was in full on like op- jumping on Oprah's couch. Tom Cruise has gone crazy. His career is over, and then he makes this movie. And everybody's like, you know what? Get back in here, Yeah, Come here, you. (laughs) We we can't stay mad at you. Um, But yeah, this movie is a story of a Tug Speedman, great name, (laughs) uh, who Ben Stiller is playing, who's like on the verge of being washed up action star. So to try to resurrect his career, he decides he's going to try to be a star in a Vietnam War epic with the best actor in Hollywood, Kurt Lazarus, played by Robert Downey Jr., (laughs) Who, again, was also coming off of Iron Man the same year, so he was right on, the, right jumping off. Yeah. Um, and it's just about how these crazy Hollywood characters, their egos, whether it's drugs or just being psychos in their own heads, uh, how they're dealing with stuff. And then they end up dealing, trying to make a movie where they think they're making a fake war movie, <laughs> but it turns out that they are actually in the S- jungle silly. with actual drug silly runners. Stuff. Yeah. Silly stuff. So so good,
0: but some of the behind the scenes, like the Hollywood esque stuff of like managers talking to studio heads, like I love that stuff. Yeah,
1: the the Tom Cruise character, which is the big highlight of of this movie, he's like based on a real Hollywood executive whose name I'm not going to mention because he will have us disappeared within seconds. Um, But he is one of the biggest. Biggest producers in Hollywood, but also known as being one of the biggest jerks and psychos, who apparently was not a big fan of this movie. Sure, (laughs) sure. But, you know, what's he going to do? But if you just want to go and just have a crazy time watching a movie, watch some ridiculousness, wonder how can a a white guy play in blackface for an entire movie and still get nominated for an Academy Award? And what a one had it not been for Heath Ledger. Like, yeah, that's. that's something to consider. Like, it
0: is fascinating how they managed that. I almost have to rewatch it to remember how that that ended up being OK.
1: Oh, basically by having a character in there point out how ridiculous and racist it is the yeah, entire, entire time, time that yeah. they're doing it. <laughs> but, but that's, you know, oh, it's like smart stuff like that. Ben Stiller, I feel is like an underrated director. We talked to him yeah. with Escape from Dannemora, like he can do drama. This is one of his examples of comedy. Direct more stuff, Ben. We, we miss you out there, man.
0: Jacob asks for it. Give him what he wants. Um. Okay, I'm going to move to 2014's Maps to the Stars. Mm, um, that
1: one I have not seen.
0: Yeah, well, I talk about it, and then you can decide. It, it's our girl, Julian Moore, who we love talking about lately. Okay. But So she is playing troubled Hollywood actress Havana, and she is considering a career-boosting return by playing her own mother, who was also a legendary film star. Oh. Um, and then her analyst um, he has a son Benji and he's a spoiled multi-millionaire child star who recently returned to public life following a spell in rehab he kind of plays a role in it and then when Havana hires unknown Agatha who's played by that Mia Nailed is that her name? It. Thanks. Um, as her new assistant it reveals kind of dangerous secrets that they'd all prefer to keep buried so it's mm. kind of like this so I'm going to say that. So this is a David Cronenberg film. Oh boy. Um, it's a little woolly in the plotting. It's it's definitely more disposable than the best of Cronenberg, which is perhaps fitting since it's about like the superficiality of Hollywood. Maybe oh. this was intentional. I don't know. Yeah. But it does manage to get into the heart of L.A. and the business that drives it. So the only thing is you're watching it. And I can't tell if Cronenberg is being serious or not. That's not while he's, It's not. It, that's not great. Um, and I'm not convinced that the film's themes and situations are deep enough or well articulated enough to be to deserve the brilliant acting that it does get so it has really really great um, performances but there's definitely something missing Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that it's bad you're still very interested in it because you can't really decipher it that kind of keeps you interested so you know that one is if that sounds like something that you're into Check All out right. maps to the stars.
1: Gotta admit, you did pique my interest a little bit.
0: See, there you
1: go. I do like me some Cronenberg.
0: All right, let's do a couple more, and then a couple books. We're running out of time. All
1: right, real quick, I'll just throw out uh, 1991's Barton Fink, the Coen Brothers' classic with John Turturro and John Goodman. Yes. About a guy who gets hired to write a movie script based on wrestling. You know, so you know I was in. <laughs> <right> <laughs> you were from in. The game. <laughs> you were hooked. And in true Cron- um, Coen Brothers fashion, it stuff just starts going crazy as he starts to kind of lose his mind a little bit, or does he, as he's Writing the script, trying to figure out ways to make it. This is just such a good... It defies description almost because, you know, Coen Brothers movies are always kind of weird when it's their own original plot to try to describe to people. Mm-hmm. You just need to kind of dive in because a lot of what they do is like the character quirks, character arcs, the performances are great. I mean, John Goodman is a powerhouse Do I in need this movie. to
0: revisit it? Because I remember I didn't really like it.
1: Well, here's the thing. It's an older Coen Brothers movie, so it's a little bit more on the crime noir yeah. st- side. It's not as necessarily fun. So it's not like a raising Arizona where it's good for multiple rewatches. Yeah. But I do feel like it's more of a film than that one. So if you're in more of a mood for
0: I should check it out again. I might thing, have caught it at the wrong time.
1: It does happen a lot of the time, especially yeah. with their movies. Like if you don't catch you don't catch them at the right time, you're like, This movie was terrible. I'm never gonna watch it again. Totally true. But yeah, go check it out, everybody. Barton Fink, see what it's like for the poor writers in Hollywood who are <laughs> underpaid and definitely ran out of ideas a long time ago.
0: Wow, this is this is Jacob on fire I'm today. T-
1: I'm telling you. Just, just st- watch out. Don't We're staring th- down the barrel of four Avatar movies, people.
0: Don't give him a weird look on the streets today because <laughs> he's going to give it right back. I have a bunch more films, but I think I'll just do one more. Which one to pick? Well, you know what? I'm going to bring this one up even though people know it just because I don't want to talk about it, okay. which is 2011's The Artist.
1: Okay. The silent film, right? Yes. Okay. So
0: there is... I feel baggage that really follows a movie around after it wins a Best Picture Oscar against competition that was more beloved by the critical community. Sure. And I feel like that's really unfortunate because it can be like if a film takes the top prize and it isn't like the cinephile's choice for movie of the year, it's immediately like derided as the worst film. Sure. So I think the artist caught so much of that backlash And I'm sorry, but it was adorable. And that's where I'm standing on it. I loved it. So, and like the idea, the black and white silent film that people were like, ew, I'm like, whatever, it was clever shut up about it it's I'm, a good film don't be, why are you giving me such I'm just, look? Look at me. I'm just anything. like f- picking up on your rage so the the film takes place like I said it's a silent film it's in black and white it takes place in the 1920s it has actor George Valentin played by the Jean Dujardin who's adorable oh wow, look
1: at you nailing names today
0: <sighs> look at me and he is like a bonafide idol with many adoring mm. fans and while working on his latest films he finds himself falling in love with this uh, new actress named Pepe Miller Great name. And what's more, it seems that Peppy feels the same way about him. But he's kind of reluctant to cheat on his wife with the beautiful young actress, which, you know, yeah. it's not that's, terrible. That's a Hollywood thing. Uh, right. never, but the, the, the growing popularity of sound in movies further separates the potential lovers as George's career begins to fade while Pepe's star rises. So it has like a similar idea of Sunset Boulevard of people that just couldn't couldn't hack mm. it in the talkies um and like kind of lost their whole identity because they were a big deal and then this thing changed and they were left out so it is a crowd-pleasing tribute to the magic of silent cinema um I personally if done right silent films I think they weave a totally unique entertainment sure and I love when I get to catch one like Nosferatu was the most recent one um I saw There's been like a few some Buster Keatons where you're like these are actually really um, entertaining and like I said the artist is clever it's a joyous film it has delightful performances and great visual style so stop hating on it because it was popular.
1: All right, if you insist. I do. We'll we'll try it.
0: Such and you see so much Hollywood and it's got a really cute dog in it. Hello. You you, require more than this. I I well when it comes
1: to cute dogs no cute dogs usually get me through.
0: So you're the done books. then. You're good. Um, do you want to do another one or should we hop into books?
1: I go ahead and knock out a couple books.
0: Okay. So here are some books if you're just like, give me more of that old Hollywood.
1: I want I it.
0: I need it. Um, there is a book called City of Nets. It is a portrait of Hollywood in the 1940s by Otto Friedrich. Um, it's like a masterful work of cultural history. He's really legendary and he tells the story of Hollywood's heyday and then its decline in a really vivid vivid narrative um, story kind of it has like an all-star yeah, cast yeah, it has yeah. actors writers musicians composers there's labor leaders journalists like he covers everything that's happening um, in the movie industry during this time which is kind of between world war ii and the uh, korean war so you get a lot of stuff and then you get kind of backstory about legendary movies like citizen kane and oh. all about eve and things like that so if you're into it all right. That's a book to check out. Then um, a really pretty one is called The Story of Hollywood, an Illustrated History by Gregory Paul Williams. And that features over 800 images from the author's own collection. Oh, OK. Um, it's like a big coffee table book and traces the history of Hollywood from 1850 to the present. Um It's uh, it's also like just a really good sort of quick reference guide because it has fascinating in-depth records of what you're looking at. So you get a lot of information from it, Mm. um, but you can also just kind of pick it up and look at the pictures. So there's plenty of stuff to sink your teeth into there.
1: Looking at the pictures—that's my favorite kind of book.
0: <laughs> I believe that. And then the last one is a newer um, book. It's called Tinsel Town. Wait, can you read it and do it in your old-timey Hollywood voice? Let's see.
1: It's going to be that Tinsel Town murder, morphine, and madness at the dawn of Hollywood. <laughs> was you like that one? So. Thank you. It's my it's my night job, actually. Why
0: didn't I have you do all of them? And that's I by William J. Mann. That's
1: one of the few voices I can keep up.
0: Oh, I love it. <laughs> so by the, by, 1920, again, this year kind of it keeps coming up, but the movies had suddenly become America's favorite new pastimes. They were a huge deal. It's one of the nation's largest industries. And it was kind of shocking to people because there had never been a medium that had possessed so much power of influence before. Sure. Sure. Um, but Hollywood's whole thing was threatened by a string of headline-grabbing tragedies. There was um, the murder of William Desmond Taylor, who was the popular president of the Motion Picture Directors Association, and that was a really legendary crime that had remained unsolved until now. Dun, dun So it's dun. a true story recreated with the suspense of the novel. Tinseltown is um, just like this, a storyteller at his peak. It's a really good book, um, and you get, like, a solution to a crime that has stumped detectives and historians for nearly a century. Hello? Uh That's awesome. Yeah,
1: I'm always a fan of when we get to those, man, like Zodiac's another one. But, yeah, let's go find out some Hollywood murder mysteries, Let's do
0: it. Here we go. Off together. Um, Okay, that's it. Plug us up. We've
1: done it. So everything that you hear on All Booked Up is going to be available at one of our 37 branches all across Erie County. So stop on by, ask for the book. We'll get it for you. Book, movie, it don't matter. We'll get it. To you.
0: It don't matter. We
1: also got a bookmobile <laughs> that's driving around yonder. Just go ahead and check out our website, buffalolib.org and, you know, find out where it's going to be.
0: Wait, and now tell them to follow us on Twitter, but do it in old-timey.
1: And, and also, if you want to interact with us regularly, just go ahead and talk to us at allbookeduppod on the Twitter machine. <laughs> you can interact with either me or Michelle, and we will get back to you 100% of the time. <laughs>
0: I'm so happy right now. We okay. can already see
1: what our next theme show is going to
0: be. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so a couple facts for you about Hollywood. Did you know that filmmakers actually began moving to Hollywood because Thomas Edison, who lived in New Jersey, held patents on filmmaking equipment and people wanted to avoid the legal issues? Okay. So they fled the New York area and went to Hollywood. Okay Cray That's cool Um, Also the first movie Filmed in Hollywood Was titled In Old Hollywood And it was filmed In 1910 And the movie How
1: pretentious Yeah They're (laughs) like They're a guy Old Hollywood Before there's even A Hollywood
0: It's true And the movie Was 17 minutes long So And I'm sure People were like I mean, imagine what that was like to see, though. You're like, I'm sorry, the screen is moving with real-life things. Like, we forget how crazy that must have been.
1: Or they're just sitting there like, get me out of here, 17 minutes. My God, this thing's going on forever.
0: They, they couldn't have handled once upon a time in Hollywood and the last one is we know the world famous Hollywood sign was put in place in 1923 by a real estate developer so it was originally meant to stay in place for 18 months to advertise properties and it originally read Hollywood land but then the sign remained in place long after and then in 1949 the word land was removed and now it is such a historic site
1: smart move by that real estate guy I hope you actually she got some good return well, on that. Well,
0: considering that, that no one know, none of us know who he is or the company, I don't think it's, it's well, so well in He
1: made his money and cashed out. He's like, look at that sign. That was all me. That was baby. all
0: me. That <laughs> was all me, ladies <laughs> so, and gentlemen. Who,
1: now who's got the good old-timey <laughs>
0: voice? This right. guy. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to our old Hollywood episode, and we will catch you next time. Bye.